it again. The final scores are Hugo's team on 11, but Merry Christmas to Sam's team, 18 points. You wow. That's all we've got time for tonight. A huge thanks to all of our guests and from the three of us here at Question of Sport. We hope you have an absolutely fantastic Christmas. Ta-ra! A Question of Sport, one of those programmes that I have watched since I was a young child, certainly back in the 1980s. It was a programme I would watch every single week when it was on. I think probably my favourite round at that time was called What Happens Next? Uh, what would happen is that a clip would be shown, perhaps of a football match, and then it would freeze frame at a particular point and the question would be asked, what happens next? So, as in this example, we see this clip where someone is uh, injured, lying down on the floor. What might happen next? Perhaps there's a ball that is kicked from somewhere off screen and it hits the referee and knocks the referee over. Or perhaps the manager is incensed about the tackle that has happened and he comes on and confronts one of the players. Or, or maybe as the player is put on a stretcher and stretchered off, the stretcher bearers are not so good and they manage to trip over and drop him. What happens next? Έπεσαν οι τραυματιοφορείς. Αυτό δεν είναι ωραία εικόνα. Δεν είναι ωραία εικόνα αυτό σίγουρα. Αυτό δεν είναι... Sometimes within a question of sport, we would see different sports as well. An unusual one, perhaps like 10-pin bowling. See if you can have a go at this one. What happens next? Maybe the player drops a ball on his foot. Or maybe he manages to bowl it backwards. Or perhaps he manages to bowl himself down the alley. What happens next? Let's have a look. Perfectly in order to get these last pins. And it is a done deal. Mike Machuga has won his first ever title. Look at this! <laughs> So here we are at Boxing Day, the day after. What happens next? It, it feels like we spent so long preparing for Christmas. Presents to buy, cars to send, food to prepare. All of those things that go on to build up towards the 25th of December. And then the day arrives and perhaps we go to church and depending on our Christmas this year, it may be busy, it may be quiet. But here we are at Boxing Day. What happens next? Perhaps again we have various traditions, maybe we meet with different parts of the family. Perhaps it's an opportunity to take some exercise, go for a walk. 
maybe being the 26th and a Sunday this year, we might go to church as well. What happens next after Christmas? Well, that's a question that I want to ask, not for ourselves, but to ask the question, what happens next in the nativity scene? Many of us may, during our services, have built up this scene, this picture of that very first Christmas. There are Mary and Joseph, and we will have told the story about how Mary came to hear that she would give birth to a saviour, how Joseph was encouraged not to divorce Mary, but to recognise that this was a child from God. A census comes and they have to travel to Bethlehem, where there is no room for them at the inn. And so as Mary gives birth to Jesus, she is forced to lay him in a manger. And then there are the visitors that come to see them. There are shepherds out in a field at night where they get a heavenly visitation of angels who tell them about the birth of a newborn saviour. And so they rush down to Bethlehem to see the babe. And then there are the wise men following a star from the east, a star that they believe tells them of a newborn king. And ultimately it leads them to Bethlehem. And they go to worship Jesus, bringing with them gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And perhaps we can imagine that at that moment, the scene stops. There's a freeze frame. And the question that we're going to consider today is what happens next? What happens next for the shepherds? What happens next for the wise men? Reading from Luke chapter 2, verses 17, 18 and 20. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about the child, and all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. A little while ago, I went to visit the Christmas tree that has been put up outside Cardiff train station. I went because I was intrigued, as there had been certain reports about it, not very flattering reports. Someone had described it as looking more like an electricity pylon than a Christmas tree. And you can see from this picture that it is indeed unusual. I don't know what it looks like when it's lit up, but certainly unlit, it does seem very strange. It isn't the only Christmas tree that has hit the headlines this year. Here was the one in Trafalgar Square, where it was noted how bare some of the branches are. I liked the reason that was given for this on the official Twitter account of the Christmas tree. It said this, I would like everyone to know that half of my branches are not missing. They are social distancing. People were asking the question, how long will this last? Another tree where you might ask the question, how long will it last, 
was in Manchester after it was hit by one of the storms uh, and you can see the strange angle at which the tree is left. A third example is in Gosport where again the tree was put up in high winds and left with a certain lean on it that had people describing it more like the leaning tower of Pisa. Will it last? If we unfroze the scene that we have at our nativity as the shepherds go on their way, what happens next? Well, we're told that they go and they tell everyone about what they have seen. They go praising and glorifying God for they had discovered that everything was as they had been told. It's not at this moment that I wonder what happens next. It's after that. What was it like for the shepherds weeks, months or even years later? Were they still telling everyone they met about the birth of a baby all those years before? Were they still praising and glorifying God? We don't know the answer to that. We can only speculate about what happened next for them. But perhaps what we can say is for people who meet with Jesus today, who experience the reality of his presence, who place their trust in him, there is a question about what happens next. Maybe we are like the shepherds and we go away and we tell people about Jesus. Maybe we are like the shepherds and we go away praising and glorifying God. But what happens next? Maybe we continue to do so for the whole of our lives. But still that frame again right now and ask the question of ourselves, where are we at right now? Are we still at this moment full of excitement, still full of enthusiasm for who God is and what he has done? Are we full of joy because of that message, Emmanuel, God is with us? Has it lasted? Where are we right now? You see, it seems to me that over time, what can happen is we begin to drift away. We can, to all intents and purposes, still be doing the same things. We might still be worshipping God in the same way that we always have, but deep down, we know it's not quite as heartfelt as it used to be. We can still be serving God, but perhaps with less enthusiasm than once we did. We might still be giving money or giving of our time to God, but it's not in quite the same way. In fact, perhaps the balance has shifted Maybe we're looking more to the things that we can buy with our own money or, or we're trying to give more of the time to the things that we want to do rather than perhaps giving ourselves in service to God as once we did. It's easy to drift. And I just wonder if for some of us this Christmas time, we need to ask ourselves the question, is it lasting? Is my faith where? it should be. I wonder if we are going to take some time 
over the Christmas period, to be still before God, to come before him and offer him our praise, to glorify him and ask that question, what is the state of my faith right now? How healthy is it? As I live out my faith in the year to come, what's it going to look like? What happens next? If I'm really impacted by the wonder of the story of Emmanuel, God is with us. The one who is worthy to be praised. The one who deserves all glory and honour. What happens next for me as I seek to honour him with this truth? Reading from Matthew chapter 2, verses 10 to 12. When they saw the star, they were overjoyed. On coming to the house, they saw the child with his mother, Mary, and they bowed down and worshipped him. Then they opened their treasures and presented him with gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. And having been warned in a dream not to go back to Herod, they returned to their country by another route. You probably won't guess what happened next. At a nativity scene in the US state of Kansas a few weeks ago, a camel was part of the display of this nativity scene and it escaped. The police were called to help trace it and catch it and it was discovered about a mile away, first of all, on a golf course. The police officers commandeered a golf cart to chase after the camel, only to discover that a camel can travel much faster than a golf cart can. Uh, around four miles later, having taken to the cars once more, a police officer managed to get out and lasso the camel to catch it once more and bring it under control. A very unusual and eventful part of the nativity scene in that place. Well, the journey of the wise men was certainly eventful as well. They had seen a star that they believed would lead them to a newborn king. They followed that star and as they approached the lands where Jesus was born, they went to the most obvious place, to the palace where King Herod lived. Herod pointed them in the direction of Bethlehem and encouraged them to come back and tell him about the newborn king they visited because he wanted to be able to go and worship him as well. Except that wasn't Herod's motivation at all, of course. He wanted to get rid of any threat there might be to his throne. And so in a dream, as we unfreeze that nativity scene of the wise men giving gifts of gold, frankincense and myrrh. We discover in the Bible that they are warned in a dream to return by a different route. They have to travel in a different direction to the one they had previously. Travelling in a different direction can sum up what has happened over the last couple of years for us in church life. Covid has changed dramatically the way that we have done church and the experience of what has gone on 
over these months. We're still really feeling the effects of that. We perhaps don't know all of the people who may or may not rejoin us as a church. The programmes that we used to offer have been hit because maybe we don't have the volunteers that we used to have. We're needing to explore different ways of how we engage with people in church life. How do we engage with those who wouldn't normally come to church? And digital media has given us a real opportunity to explore different ways. But travelling in these different directions has been costly. It's been tiring as we've consistently had to try and work out what the new regulations mean for us. It's been emotionally draining. And here we are at the end of 2021, going into 2022. And perhaps the question is, well, the longing of our hearts might be that things would go back to the way they used to be. But is God calling us to travel in a new direction? Is he continuing to ask us to travel with the disruption that we have faced and to adapt and to look at what things might be in the future. If that's the case, let me suggest a couple of questions that I think are really worth us asking over these days and into 2022. The first question is this, how are we discipling those who have a faith in Jesus? Or we might make it that personal, how am I furthering my discipleship in the coming days, weeks and months? You see, we were never meant to stand still in our faith. We're meant to grow, to grow in maturity, to become more like Jesus. That means we constantly need to be investing in our faith. We constantly need to be doing things that help us to grow. What are we as churches, what are we as individuals going to do in the coming year? It may mean travelling a new route, doing different things. But we need to be considering how we are going to grow in discipleship. The second question we need to really be thinking about is how are we going to relate? How are we going to share the good news of Jesus? with those who don't yet know him. We may have had traditional ways in which we have done that over a number of years, but maybe God is calling us to a new way of engaging. Maybe things ahead are to look different. What happens next for me personally and for our churches, that we might be disciples who are growing in faith with him, becoming more like Jesus, that our churches might be places where more people can discover the wonderful good news that we celebrate at Christmas, that Emmanuel, God is with us. What's going to happen next? Let me finish with a final illustration. Some of you who have gone running or cycling may have used a phone app or another gadget 
to track the path, the route that you have taken. I was intrigued to read about a gentleman called Anthony Hoyt who last year planned a journey on one of these devices around London. It was a journey that was 79 miles in length or 127 kilometres if you prefer it that way. And when the journey had finished, this is a picture of the place that he had gone with a clear message displayed. I wonder if we had been on that cycle ride with Anthony, if we would have had lots of questions as we were going along. Why are we travelling in this direction? What's going on here? Especially at those moments as Anthony reported that he hit closed roads and diversions. Why is the journey going like this? We have, may have asked questions of our faith and asked questions of God over the last couple of years. Why are things happening as they are? I believe the same thing would be true for us. If we could step back and see the big picture, we will see God at work. God with us. God working his purpose out as year succeeds to year. We may not always understand the things that have happened. We may question the route, but God is with us. I believe we can have hope for the year ahead. Hope because we know that God truly is with us and that can help us to keep on going. How will our faith last as we look to the future? May we be full of enthusiasm. What happens next? Well, my prayer for each of us is this that we will have this hope that God is with us and even when we don't always understand what is happening on our journey, we will praise and glorify God because we know that he is in control. We will discover again and again that all the promises of the Bible are yes in Jesus. And so we will continue to be enthusiastic, passionate about our faith in him what happens next. I pray that this then will lead us in our discipleship to keep going deeper, to try to become more like Jesus. Through it all, because we know the wonder of who he is, that we will seek to share our faith with others, that they may too come to know Jesus as Saviour and to worship him as their Lord. What happens next. We don't yet know, but God is in control. God is with us. God loves us and is full of grace and mercy. This Christmas time and into the new year, on behalf of everyone at South Wales Baptist Association, I say a very happy Christmas to you. May you know God's blessing throughout this season and into the new year.